Hello there. This is Paul from Theater in the Making, and this is Fables, our podcast of stories of wisdom and humor from cultures all over the world. Stories that share how we laugh and cry together, how we play together, and how we get through each day together. The Ringdove and Her People There was a place where the birds enjoyed gathering upon the wide branches of a certain tree. One day a fowler came to the tree, spread his net on the ground, and scattered seeds over it. He then hid himself a short way off. A ringdove and a number of her friends came and settled on the ground to eat the seeds and were caught in the net. The birds flapped their wings and frantically tried to escape the net. Only the ringdove kept her senses. Don't tire yourselves, she told her companions. It is no use fighting against the net. Don't think only about yourself and your personal safety. If we work together, we can fly the net away. Taking her advice, they lifted their wings and managed to rise into the air with the net, leaving the fowler far behind. The ring dove directed them to the home of her good friend, a rat, so that he might free them from the net. Upon reaching his hole, she called his name. He came out and started gnawing upon that part of the net where the ring dove was entangled. Yet she insisted he rescue her companions first. Why? he asked. Well, she explained, my friends are strangers to you, so you might want to free only me because they do not matter to you. But I am sure that if you let them out first, you will continue until I am also released. The rat was deeply impressed by the ringdove's unselfish concern for her friends. He set to work with so much zeal that all of the birds were soon free. The Price of Revenge This fable has been attributed to Aesop. The horse was angry with the stag because they had argued about the meadow in which they ate. Their quarrel was silly, for there was plenty for both of them to eat, but the horse was furious and wanted revenge. The horse went to the man and asked for his help against the stag, and the man agreed. But the man pointed out it would be necessary to put a saddle and bridle on the horse if they were to overcome the stag. The horse accepted the saddle and bridle, and they went forth to punish the other animal. After this, the horse wanted to be rid of the saddle and bridle because they kept him from going where he wanted to go. But the man refused. The price of the horse's revenge was the loss of his freedom. Golden Heart. This story is part of legends and tales connected with El Dorado and Atlantis, and likely arose from several cultural influences. It has a possible link with the Mexican lore of Quetzalcoatl, who is said to have taught the people the ways of peace and virtue, then left, promising to return someday. There was once a beautiful island in the east where the sun rises. On this island called Atlantis, the winds were soft and warm and filled with the perfume of sweet flowers. The sun shone warm overhead, and at night the moon came out big and round like a silver ball. Some people called it the Happy Island because it was so beautiful and pleasant and safe. 
In the middle of the island was a wonderful city called the City of the Golden Gates. Indeed, the gates were golden, and the people lived there in peace. The king's son was a handsome youth known as Golden Heart, because he was so gentle and kind. The people loved him dearly and often brought him gifts, because they wanted Golden Heart to have everything his heart desired. The royal gardens were Golden Heart's special care, and he raised many different trees, plants, and grains. There he learned which trees produced the best wood for building homes, what plants could help heal the sick, and which grains produced the finest foods. But he did not raise only useful things, but also scented flowers and other beautiful plants. Honeybees and butterflies loved Golden Heart's garden. The bees built honeycombs and filled them with honey. The butterflies did little work, but Golden Heart watched as they changed from ugly grubs into caterpillars, and finally into gorgeous butterflies with spotted wings. Golden Heart's father told his son that the butterfly was like a soul, the immortal part of ourselves. He wished his son to be as busy and useful as the honeybee and to do no more harm to other creatures than did the pretty butterfly. One day, Golden Heart went into the splendid throne room where his father was meeting with his wise men. The wise men told the king of a strange and sad land over the sea toward the setting sun where the people did not live in peace. Your Highness, said the wise men, send someone of your household to this sad place to teach them how to cultivate the land, build cities, and work together and help each other. Golden Heart sprang forward. Dear Father, let me go. I am able to sail the seas, and I am willing to devote my life to teaching these people to live as brothers and sisters of each other. The king felt proud of his son, but he loved him so dearly that it was hard to think of letting him go. It was equally difficult to refuse such a noble request. Do you realize, my son, he asked, that this will require a great deal of hardship and self-denial? Yes, father, but nothing in life comes without effort. Knowing this makes us healthy, happy, and wise. Then go, my golden heart, answered the king, and may you walk with my blessing. For days after this, great preparations were made for the departure of the king's beloved son. At daybreak one morning, Golden Heart set sail in his snakeskin boat, and all the citizens of the country came with the king to throw flowers and emeralds into the sea because they wished to show their love for Golden Heart. It was almost as hard for them to see him go as it was for his father, but they still blessed his journey. In doing so, they were sacrificing their future king for the good of a strange race of people who needed a teacher to show them how to live a better way. The king and his people knew they were giving the best they had, and they knew Golden Heart was giving up luxury and comfort because he would rather be useful. It was a day of sorrow in Atlantis. It was also a day of joy and love. Enemies No Longer Although this story is about a Chinese emperor, its cultural source is not known. A Chinese emperor was told his enemies had raised a rebellion in one of the distant provinces. Promising to destroy his enemies, he called upon his soldiers to go forth. They marched forward, and the rebels submitted upon their approach. Everyone thought the emperor would now take revenge, but they were surprised to see the captives treated most kindly. 
What is this? cried one of his officials. You have failed to keep your promise. You gave your royal word that your enemies would be destroyed, but you have pardoned all of them and even treated some with affection. I promised, replied the emperor, to destroy my enemies, and I have kept my word. Look, they aren't my enemies anymore. I have made them my friends.' 